0: Welcome to the Emanuel Church Podcast, where we believe God is with us and speaks to us wherever we're at, whether at work, home, or on the move. We'd love for you to be connected with us by visiting us at myemanuelchurch.com or any social media platform using at myemanuelchurch. Thanks for being with us, and we hope you enjoy this message. So
1: thank you for joining us here today. Thank you for joining us here online uh, as well. For those of us who are watching online, I know that we are still, we are open. Our doors are open. So you are welcome to be here with us in person. Um, We would very much like to see you here. Um, Of course, we are taking precautions to be able to be saved making sure things are clean, making sure that we wear masks and, uh, so that you can stay safe and stay healthy during, the t- during this time. Uh, but we'd, we would very much like to see you in person. And if you're not and you're still joining us online, that is okay. We are glad that you are here. We are glad that you are watching and joining us because even if you are watching only online right now, God is still with you where you're at. God is still with you where you're at, and He's here in this place today as well. And if it's your first time here, first time watching, let us know. We want to connect with you so that we can serve you better. And for those who are already part of the family and already part of, of the family here at Emmanuel Church, don't forget you can still you can you can support us by giving online at myemmanuelchurch.com/slash/give. There, switching me mic. Oh, now it's better. Uh, You can still support by giving at com slash give through the church center app or by texting 84321 to give. These are just the different ways that you can give online. Now, now that I've got a mic that works for me, now that I'm ready, we're going to get into the word today, to the message today. So I want to welcome you to our new series. It's a new series, but it is also an old series. We started this year off, the year of 2020, with a sermon series called Shut Down. Down. And it is a series that is near and dear to my heart, something that God has been working on with me uh, as I am working on a book that is still not ready for publication yet. Uh, I promised that it would be here this year. In the name of Jesus, it'll still be here this year. But we started the year off with this series because this series was about, shutdown was about seeking God's presence, being in God's presence. What does it mean to chase after God? And so this month, the month of November is a special month to me because it's my birthday. Uh, My anniversary just passed a few days ago, celebrated three years of marriage. So this is like my birthday and then Christmas season starts in November. And so I figured uh, we usually do in December a series based on Christmas and other things. So I figured this is the time. This is the time right now to be able to get back into a mindset before we get into 2021, before we let the rest of the year decide how we're going to pursue God or we're going to see the outcome of the future that now. Now is the time to begin, begin seeking God's presence for next year. Now, right now, right here, and so this series shut down, remixed is not the same series that I did because I wouldn't just be preaching at you the same stuff that I already did before. But although I do that, I do, I do tell you to read your Bibles. Pray more, you know, those things, the basics of faith. But Shut Down Remix is that it is a, a deeper look, another look back at why is it so important for us to seek the presence of God in our life? What does that mean? What does it look like and what, how it affects us and how it affects us? And I have a title. I have two titles for my, my message today. But the first title is just something that I want everybody to say here today. If you're online, are you're watching online on Facebook or YouTube, I want you to say it too. Even if you're by yourself, it's going to seem weird, but do it. I want you to say this with me. His presence matters. His presence matters. That's title number one. I have another title, but I want to tell you the second title at the end of the message today. So if you would go with me today in Exodus, the book of Exodus, chapter 33 and i have three separate passages that i want to share with you from the same chapter they're all in a in a uh, in one story but i'm going to share them a little bit out of order and i'm going to start with exodus chapter 33 verses 12 to 16 33 verses 12 to 16 and it says like this moses said to the lord you have been telling me Lead these people. But you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you. And I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. Because how will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all other people on the face of the earth? What will distinguish me and your people from all others on the face of the earth? So this is Moses having a conversation with God. And Moses was a, Moses was a prophet. He was a man of God. He wasn't always as bold as he is in this passage. When he started, he was a very timid person and he became that way. He he went through a series of cycles in his life. Moses was taught by the Egyptians and he was taught in the highest educations and that we're told that in the book of Hebrews it says that Moses was powerful in word and in deed. But then he got himself into a situation where he ran away from the place he grew up in. From the fa- he grew up with Pharaoh and his family, and he ran away from that. And he became a fearful person, fearful for his life and fearful for himself and God and other things. And he became a very timid person. But then God began to work in him again, and Moses began to know God. And the Bible tells us that no other man, no other human being on this planet ever knew God like Moses did, because Moses would speak to God face to face like no one else. No one else since Adam and Eve who walked in the garden. No one else until Jesus who talked with him face to face. So this was Moses, and Moses knew the importance of God's presence in his life. He knew the importance of God's presence for the people of Israel, what it meant to be God, for God to be present with them. And so, before we get into why it's necessary and why it is important for us to be in God's presence and for God's presence to be with, with us, I want to explore the idea of what is God's presence because we throw that term around a lot, that God is with us, that God is here. You know, our church's name is Emmanuel Church, and Emmanuel means God with us. So what does that mean for God to be with us? What does it mean for God's presence to be with us or for, to experience the presence of God? You know, growing up in a Pente- Pentecostal church like here and growing up in Pentecostal culture, and uh, you always hear about that, what, the experience of the presence of God, being in God's presence. And you associate it, and I associate it growing up with people screaming in the middle of altar call. People lifting, lifting up their voices, people dancing around in the altar, the goosebumps, the feeling of, oh, you know, God, God is so good the excitement, the emotion, and there's so much to it. But it's more than that. It's more than the feeling. It's more than the emotion. There's more to God's presence than all of that. It's more than the Holy Spirit goosebumps, as we used to call it. There's more to it. Because God's presence is necessary for life. We were created to be in God's presence, but what is it? God's presence, first of all, is the essence of who God is. It is his being. The Bible tells us that God is holy. And holy, you know, we think about when we think about holiness, when we think about the word holy, we think about somebody who is Uh, very pious, very, you know, they're morally good person. Uh, They are, you know, they're always kind and loving or this or that, or they're very secluded from the world. They have cut themselves off from the world around them. And they only seek to know God's presence and God's word. And when we think about these things as holy, and, and rightly so, the word holy ultimately in the Hebrew word means to be set apart to be separated from something so when we call god holy we are speaking of god's otherness his holiness his separateness from all of creation because god created the universe that's around us and we look at that and find that in genesis chapter one and he tells us that he created everything and says god is good god looked at all of it and he said it was good but god is wholly separate from his creation he is Bigger and above it, outside of it and around it. He is more than his creation. He is more than everything that we know and everything we feel. He is power. He is love. He is, you know, more than we can begin to try and describe. Because I can sit here and start listing off a bunch of words that will make sense to us but ultimately will not do justice as to what it means to be in God's presence, what it is to experience God's presence. Because God's presence is so much more. God's presence, his holiness, penetrates and touches all of the world around us. And it changes the world around us. So where, if that is what God's presence is, it is, it's like an embrace. Like it's got, God's hugging the universe. You know, we could all use a good hug nowadays. God is hugging the universe and he's holding it all together. In fact, but we we see in the Bible, it tells us that God holds the universe in the palm of his hand. That's how separate and other he is. It's just beyond our comprehension. And that is what we talk about when we talk about the presence of God, his love, his warmth, his power, who he is. That is his presence. But it's, it's not isolated. It's, it's not isolated to a place. It used to be. It used to be. In the Old Testament, we learn that God told the people of Israel to build the tabernacle. He was telling, at this point in the story, he was telling Moses instructions. This is how you build the tabernacle. This is the Ten Commandments. And it was laying out a, a blueprint for what ultimately would become the temple in Jerusalem. And the temple and, and the tabernacle were built into parts. And they had the outer court, which was the outside of the tabernacle and temple. Then they had the inner court. And the inner court was close to the inner sanctuary of the temple. And this place is what you would describe as holy. It was a holy place. Then you had the inner court that was inside a covered building of the tabernacle and this place was holy filled with the holy articles the lampstand bread all these other kind of things altars but then it had another place the holy of holies they called it it was the most holy of most holy it was the set apart of set apart of everything was and this in this place the ark of the covenant would rest and that is where god's presence would rest it was designated to one space but ultimately, even the tabernacle and the temple couldn't hold it. It says when God would fill in the place, the fill in the Holy of Holies with his presence, that it would cover the entirety of the tabernacle with a cloud. Because his presence couldn't just be fit there. Because theologically and in reality, God is always around us. He is The Bible, what they use the theological term is omniscient. No, I'm sorry. That is all-knowing. Got my omnis mixed up. Omnipresence. This is omnipresent. That means God is always around us. Right now, right here in church, God is with us. But that's where we typically think about where God is with us. You know, God is with us in church. We can feel his presence at church. But God is also at home right now, even though you're not there. God is in cellars across the street. God is at Walmart. God's at Target. God is here in America. God is in Israel. God is in Saudi Arabia. He's in South America. He's in Russia, in China, in Japan. God is in on Jupiter. <laughs> in pluto some of y'all don't think pluto is a planet anymore but you know you were taught wrong pluto is a planet uh, god is in the entirety of the universe and his presence permeates all that all of creation he is always with you we always hear that we god is always with us he's is, he's is always with us but that is in reality and that is in theology but physically We always say, you know, I just need God's presence right now. But God is with you. So what what does that mean then? Why is it that we can know that God is always with us? Or know that God's presence is in all of creation, yet not really experience God's presence? What does it mean to do that? Well, what is that? What is the experience of God's presence? What it is, is we are becoming aware of God's presence. We are becoming connected. And and in a moment, we put everything else aside and become aware that he is here. And there are a lot of ways that that happens. You know, when we come to church, we start worshiping, we start singing songs, we hear the word of God. So our mindset is in the right place. We start realizing that, hey, this is just not something that, you know... I'm already here. God's already here in His presence. I'm becoming aware of the fact that He is here. There's a song that says that. Let us become more aware of Your presence, God, because it's not that God isn't there. He is with you wherever you go, whatever you do, wherever you're at. God is always with you, and His presence is always there. But it's this awareness that that is this experience. It is the awareness of God's presence and his power and his love that we start to realize. Because God's pre- what? Because it matters. His presence matters. Our awareness of his presence matters. Our realization that God is here with us and wherever we go matters. Because we were created to experience and to know God. We were created to experience and to know God, but so many of us don't really go much further than the shallow end of the pool. Anybody do that? Like you like going into when you go swimming, you don't ever go further than the shallow end or you go to the beach. You just kind of let your toes in the water and it's like, oh, this is nice, but you never want to go out to the deep. (laughs) You never want to go further than that. You know, just stick your toes in the water. It's like, oh, this is nice. You know, I've met some people that they like to go to the pool. And it's like, yeah, but I just like to stick my feet in the water. That's it. You know, I just kind of sit there and uh, dangle my feet in the water. It's relaxing. Yeah, sure, sure. But that's not what a swimming pool is made for. It's made to be, you know, go, go swimming. You, you go into the deeper end of the water. Because you can't really swim in the shallow end. You're just kind of standing there. You know, and you go deeper and deeper until you have to start swimming god's presence is like that though because our relationship with God is like that because we, a lot of times as believers will come to know Jesus in the experience of giving our lives to him, of Jesus becoming our savior. But for many of us, that's as far as the experience goes. We may come to church on Sunday. We may know the songs and sing the words, but we are still just in the shallow end of our relationship with God. There is so much more to yet be experienced of God's presence of, of who he is and what he has for us that it's a shame that we don't go any further than the shallow end it's a shame in exodus chapter 33 verses 18 to 20 moses who we just read was talking about, this is the continuation of the conversation he was having. And he says, I need your presence because your presence matters. How is going to anybody tell me apart? How is anyone going to tell your people apart? Your presence is meant to be with us. Your presence is meant to distinguish us. That's why his presence matters, because it distinguishes us. It changes us. It, it, it changes our perspective, and it changes people's perspective of us. But Moses was like, I, I'm not I'm not content though. I'm not content with just having your presence with us. I need more than that. And in Exodus chapter 33 verses 18 to 20, Moses said, then Moses said, now show me your glory. I love that verse. Verse 18, that's what it says. Now show me your glory. Moses, who earlier had said, if I have found favor in your sight, let your presence go with us. you're, You're telling me that you know me. You want to know me. You're telling me that there is more. So give me the more. Because I'm not satisfied with just your presence here. I'm not satisfied with just knowing that you're here with us. I'm not satisfied with that. He says, show me your glory. And God obliged him and he said, And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. But he said, You cannot see my face, for no one can see me and live. And for most people, maybe you hear something like that and you'd be like, Oh, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good because God's presence changes us. So when it comes to a point that we're like, you know what? I want some more. And God says, but you cannot stay the same when you are in my presence. We're like, I don't know then (laughs) because I like me. I like how I am. I like who I am. But God says, if you want more, There is more. If you want to know more, there is more. But we, we don't like that. We don't like that. We have kept ourselves from the presence of God. We have traded things. We have traded God's presence in for things. We have traded God's presence in for selfishness. These are two things that keep us from God's presence. We've traded systems for God's love. We've traded systems for God's love. And what I mean by that is this. You know, we come to church and we are satisfied with that. We're satisfied with our Sunday routine. We're satisfied with going to e-groups. We're satisfied with that being the, the most of our spiritual experience. We think that if we have that and if we do that enough, that God will be pleased. And because of that, we will be loved by God and we will be able to one day get into heaven and be in God's presence in the future. We have traded our systems for love we have traded our systems for god's presence our programs for god's presence we have ignored the simplicity of a uh, of what god has called us to do which is just to come and know him more none of those things are bad they're not bad no come to church on sunday we need you here Go to e-groups. We're taking a break right now, but we will be back in January. But come to e-groups. Be a part of what we're doing here. That is a part of discipleship. That is a part of growing your faith. But the danger is, is when we allow those things, when we allow those, the, the songs we sing on Sunday, when we allow the preaching that we hear on Sunday, when we allow the discipleship in e-groups to be the end all of our relationship with God. That is the danger. That is the danger because then we start to put conditions on ourselves and on God. We think that if we do this enough, then God will be pleased or, if, or that God has put those conditions on us. And so we qualify God's presence and qualify his love for us and say that it is necessary for me to do these things. Otherwise, I can't experience God's presence. But that's not what he has asked of us. He has asked us to know him. Without conditions. God's love is unconditional. But I don't... We can't really grasp our head around that. Because many of human relationships are are conditional. You know, what can you do for me? What can I get from you? You know, I even think sometimes... Some, some people say, well, you know, parents' love is unconditional. That's not always true. <laughs> That's not always true. Parents sometimes will... Treat you better based on the way your actions are, what you do, how you, how you represent them. You ever had a parent tell you, it's like, you've disappointed me. You've disrespected our whole family, you know. That idea was present in, uh, in Mulan. <laughs> Mulan had to honor her entire family. And if she took one step out of line, it was dishonor on the whole family name. And so there was conditions on that. There was conditions on that. There's even there's conditions in friendships. There's conditions in, in relationships. We always put conditions on our relationships. But God is not that. He is unconditional. He looks at us and he says, you just have to be you. I'm not asking you for more than that. For you to experience my love, you just have to be you. Nothing more, nothing less. That's who you are. That's what I've created you, who I've created you to be. That's what, that's who I want to know. I want to know and I want you to know me. But we have, traded these systems and these systems tell us we have to be good and we have to do this and we have to do that in order to get into god's presence and it's always confused me growing up because i've been i've had experiences where it's like well you know the bible says that you know people praying for me it's like you want to experience god's presence you want to do this you have to let go you have to do this you have to do that you have to fast you have to pray it's like I, i don't know what i'm supposed to do where i'm supposed to go how, how am I supposed to get there? I want to know God. I want to experience God's presence. But there's so much that I, I'm lost in it all. And so we get lost in it. And we trade these systems thinking that, well, maybe if I just do it long enough for the rest of my life, I'll experience God's presence one day second thing that keeps us from god's presence is we become satisfied with the we become satisfied with the bare minimum because the bare minimum protects self like i said before we don't want to get into god's presence because it changes us you know god told god told moses but if you see my face you're gonna die this is dangerous this is dangerous work here and we realize we come to a realization that if I take a step towards God, that means I might lose something of who I am right now in this moment. And so we try to protect ourselves. We, we protect our self interest. Uh, we protect our goals, our desires, our relationships. Uh, some of them sinful desires, some of them sinful wants. Things that we want more than we want God. And we use this as an excuse. Well, you know, I just, there's so much. And we don't realize that we've settled. We don't realize we've settled into a place where it may have started off as a, as self-preservation, but now we've settled into a place where we don't even know that there is more out there because we have convinced ourselves that that is all there is to God. So we've settled. But God wants us, to know him more. God wants us to be in his presence, to walk with us. See, we were created for that. When God, when God created Adam and Eve and he put them in the garden, he was content to just walk with them in the cool of the day and conversate with them. That's, is that a word, conversate? Com, com, to have a conversation with them, to, to walk with them, to know them, to be with them. He didn't want anything more than that. That was his desire, and it's still his desire for us today to know him. That's why he sent Jesus. Because when Adam and Eve took things into their own hands, were selfish, were we're protecting self, were protecting what they wanted. When they thought, we can be like God, we can trick the system of this world. When they thought that they had it made the right way They broke that relationship that God had with them. And so he sent Jesus to to change that, to fix that problem. He was God incarnate, walking among us, telling us and reminding us that what it was all about in the first place was to know who he was, to be his friend. He walked with the disciples and he told them, he says, no longer are you just servants. You're not servants. You're my friends. You know me. You have walked with me. You have talked with me. You have eaten with me. We have experienced life together. And that is what I want you to do. And what I want you to tell others. Because I want the same thing for them. I want them to know me. So much so to the point that Jesus wanted us to see that he gave his life to rectify the problem that broke us in the first place, which was sin. He says, I want you to know my presence. And that that was... Shown In the moment of his death, that place we talked about, the Holy of Holies, the Bible tells us that when Jesus gave his last breath on this earth, when the humanity of Jesus in that moment died, he, God, tore the veil in the temple. The, the the holy of holies was normally protected by a veil it was covered in the same way we cover up our lives with systems and programs and and selfishness and we cover ourselves away from the presence of god they covered the presence of god because it was too much for them and god tore the veil in the temple God tore the veil in the temple to show them that there was more. To show them that now they had access. What had been lost before was now given to them. What the people, the priests had been protecting was an empty Holy of Holies too. There was no Ark of the Covenant. God's presence wasn't even in there. And he says, I'm not in there anymore. I'm out here. So how do we get there? How how do we experience that presence? So what do we do to really be able to to know God? First, we need to let go. And, I've told the story before. They used to pray for me. I have one person pray for me, and they'd be like, let go and experience the presence of God. Someone else would come and say, hold on and experience the presence of God. First, let go. Let go. Let go of our expectations. God is not expecting something from you. But we often go into God's presence looking to get something. We need to let that go. When you are in a moment where you're experiencing, you know, with you like a conversation or something with your best friend, your closest friend, you don't expect anything from them. You know, I've, I've had moments where I've spent time with friends where I have not even said a word with them. Where I'm just in the same room with them. And I'm like, man, this is a good day. We don't ask anything of them. God wants us to to not expect, just to be. So we need to let go. Let go of expectations, let go of conditions second thing we need to let go of is conditions. We tell ourselves that we need to do this and we need to do that. I can't pray or I can't be in God's presence because there is sin in my life or there is this in my life. And, you know, I've got this and that going on. And or if I want to do that, I have to read the Bible. But I can't read the Bible. So I don't want to be in the presence of God because it, I, I just I don't, I'm, I'm not right enough. I'm not good enough. But God says, let go of your conditions. I'm not putting conditions on you. I just want you to be here with me to be here with me. Second thing we need to do, we need to humble ourselves. James 4.8 says, Come near to God and He will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded people. It's funny, I just had a conversation with my wife about this verse yesterday and we were talking about how James was like pulling no punches here, you know. At first I was like, you know, I feel like he was trying to be kind, but then she was like, you know, he sounds like he's shouting at us. I started thinking about it, I was like, you know what he really is? He really is like angry with us. He's like for a moment he's like couldn't can you not Like you're over here wanting more and more and more. And all of that is sinful. You're just trying to put conditions on God and add things and, you know, all of this stuff. But that's not what he wants. He says, come near to him and he will come near to you. Let go of all of that. Humble yourself. You don't need more. We come to Sunday service and thinking, if I sing one more song, then that that is when I'll experience the presence of God. If I hear the preaching today, that is when I'm going to experience the presence of God. And we expect all of these things to fulfill us, and then they don't because my preaching is not God's word. It's not from his mouth directly. These songs are not going to be the thing that are going to get you into the presence of God. It's going to be you coming near to God and saying, God, I'm sorry for what I've made it. I've sang all the songs, but you weren't in the songs. I did all the things I was supposed to do, but you weren't there. And I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm looking and God says, just be. That's the second title of my message today. Just be with me. And that's what God is asking us to do. Just be with me. Nothing else. And we're going to sing that song right now. Because that's all he's asking us. Nothing else. Not an extra song. Not a, not more fasting. Not more Bible reading. Just be. And I know that's hard. Because there's a lot of thoughts going into our head. There's a lot of feelings that we're feeling. We're hungry. We're tired. We're sleepy. We're this. We're that. You know, there's worries and expectations. He says, just, just let it all. Let it all. In this moment today, what I want us to be able to do is let us be in God's presence. He has given us so much to pave the way. He gave us Jesus to pave the way to his presence. And so he wants us to experience who he is. No strings attached. No anything. Just Jesus here in this moment. So let us just be.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this message. We'd love to hear your story about how you've been blessed by this ministry or how we can pray for you. To connect with us, you can email us at amen at And if you would like to support us financially, you can give online at myemmanuelchurchcom slash Also, if you're in the area, we'd love to see you in person for the full worship experience. Thanks again, and we hope you have a blessed week.